Is your team wondering what their growth path is in your company? Help them focus on expanding their unique ability impact. Stay tuned. Hi, Shannon Waller here and welcome to Team Success. So I wanted to share one of my recent things that I said that had a big impact on the audience that I was coaching. So this is a fabulous company, been involved with Coach for a very, very long time, incredibly entrepreneurial. They know themselves. They're just an absolute joy to work with. But I said something that was really kind of fun that really hit them because one of the challenges in an entrepreneurial company is what is the growth path? It's not a hierarchy. You know, it tends to be more like concentric circles and you're involved in different projects with different people, people on different teams. It can be really tough to tell, how do I move up? How do I get better? How do I improve, you know, my contribution and get rewarded for that? So what I had said was, what you want to do is expand your unique ability impact. And people kind of went, oh, and I was like, mm, this might be good to talk about some more. So that's why we're having this conversation today. Because it, again, it can be incredibly challenging to figure out how to grow. And it is a little bit mysterious sometimes. But instead of looking at the hierarchy and how you conform to how you move up the ladder, checking whether or not the ladder is actually against the right wall, as the expression goes, can be tough. It can be really interesting to navigate in an entrepreneurial company because we're kind of making things up as they go along. Opportunities might come all of a sudden because a marketplace need or demand. It's not necessarily predictable. Things can also go away almost as quickly. So there's a lot of moving parts and it could be really tough to navigate that if you are looking for a straight path. Now, we already know that working with entrepreneurs requires a different type of mindset which is a good thing. And frankly, as far as I'm concerned, a ton more opportunity for growth, advancement, development, compensation, all the good things. You just have to get there differently. So let's talk about expanding your unique ability impact. What exactly does that mean? So let's go to the basics of the definition of unique ability per strategic coach, because it's our term. So One of the ways I like to describe it is, in fact, it has four different characteristics. Number one is, when you're thinking about your unique ability, it's where you have superior skill. You are better at it than most people. And it's other people saying that, not just you. (laughs) This is not your ego talking. But they come to you, they're like, oh my gosh, you seem to do this so easily. Can you help me have this conversation? Can you help me organize this information? You're really amazing at spreadsheets. You seem to know how things should be structured and organized, and I have no clue. You know, so people come to you for those things by which you seem to have a superior skill, and you're good at it. Now, what takes it from excellent to unique is whether or not you also have passion for that type of activity or doing it for that particular audience. And that's powerful because, you know, passion is what elevates it from being really good to being something you just cannot wait to get to work to do every day. Doesn't even feel like work. You know, that passion just makes it fun. And so it gives you a ton of energy. That's number three. So superior skill, passion gives you energy. You might be physically tired at the end of the day, but in every other way, you are alive. Your cells are vibrating. You're just like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. When can I do it again? And it can be having a particular type of conversation, or maybe it involves nobody at all. Maybe it involves you and a computer, or maybe it's just thinking. But there's some aspect of what you do that's just completely and totally energizing for you. And then the fourth characteristic is because you have superior skill and passion and it gives you energy, you can always see room to get better. And this seems a little paradoxical. This is like, well, if I can get better, then that must mean I'm not very good. And that's a little bit of the 
you know, falsehood that's endemic in that. So what's really good to appreciate is that, you know, I knew when, because I did administration many, many moons ago in my first career, and I knew theoretically I could get better, but not practically. I did not have the mental energy. I had decent brains. That wasn't the problem. But I had zero mental energy required to get better at it. So it was strictly theoretical. It would never be practical. When I look at coaching, when I look at speaking, when I look at even doing podcasts, you know, I get some positive feedback. So thank you very much for those of you who let you know that this conversation makes a difference to you. But I know I can always get better. And I'm investing in that. And I'm super excited about it. So that thing of always getting better, it's because you're already good. And you have that energy and that passion that you actually want to get better. So that's our definition of unique ability. Now, just think back to earlier in your career. It doesn't matter if you're listening and you're the owner. It doesn't matter if you're a team leader, if you're a team member. You started somewhere and you might have had an inkling. You know, this is why I'm a big fan of profiles. You might have some inkling about what gives you energy versus what doesn't. That's the very basic line to be aware of. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. That's draining. If I can do more of this and less of that, I will be a happier, more contributing camper. So it's being aware of that. And then if you can also help, you know, if you're in a position to help other people figure out what they're good at and unique at, oh my gosh, please use that power. So make the investment into people knowing themselves, have conversations about it. You know, I just did a particular training on a phenomenal tool available exclusively through Coach, the way we're doing it. You can also get it through some other independent organizations called Print. So it measures your motivational imprint, which is a, it's an amazing profile. So I spent two hours plus time prepping with a bunch of our team members, a bunch of new people and some people who wanted to refresh her so that people could get a clear sense of themselves. You know, Christy does that with regard to Colby and Julia does that with regard to Clifton Strengths. So we invest our team's time in terms of coaching and our team's time in terms of learning to be able to help know themselves better because we know that that makes them better team members. It makes them more aware. It helps to smooth out any friction points where people rub because you're like, oh, someone else might be approaching a situation differently than I am. Oh, what's their print? What's their Colby? What's their Clifton strengths? It just gives us a language, a way to talk about things. It's also really fun because it gives us a way to talk about when we're triggered. This is part of the print profile. By the way, if you're interested in this and you're in coach, then by all means, check in with your program advisor. We can let you know how to do this. If not, you can check out the Paul Hertz group because they're the ones who created this amazing profile and it can help you. So the information in the show notes in terms of being able to do a deeper dive for yourself. But it's so fabulous to know this is the kind of thing that triggers me. This is the kind of thing that might trigger you. How can we work better together? So the more that people know themselves, obviously profiles is one way, but experience is another. You know, we all have life experience that we bring in to any role that we're engaged in. And so just knowing the type of work you've experienced, the type of people you're really good to work with, what takes you out of your best self, what supports you in staying in best self. So we, we know those things just through throwing ourselves against the world and seeing what sticks is how I like to talk about it, especially with my kids. And then after a while, you're like, oh, if I could do more of this with this audience, I could expand my unique ability impact. And that's what we're talking about. So this means you can go from 
early days for me, at least, you know, selling strategic coach to coming up with the idea for the strategic coach team programs, to designing those workshops and coaching them, to actually then working with other coaches who also coach it, then started working with our clients in terms of, you know, I was already working with them. I've actually always been coaching our clients as soon as I started working with coach to keep them in the program and to find out what was best for them. But, you know, doing that to expand to weekly planning calls and then monthly booster calls and now the 10X bootcamp workshops and, you know, on sites and now I do speaking as well. So it's just fun where I can take what my talents are also being very clear what they're not and what kind of support I need to be successful and just look at the bigger and bigger stages, literally, as well as figuratively, that I can be on that contributes to the greater strategic coach whole. So that's really powerful. Now I've been doing this for, well, be 31 years in July. (laughs) So since 1991. And it's fun to see just how can I keep growing my unique ability? Now, do I want to grow myself in an area that's not my unique ability? Not really. I really like how Gallup, Clifton Strengths talks about it. They're like, if you have any weaknesses or non-strengths, you want to do what's called damage control. You want to get adequate enough at it that it's not sabotaging your strengths. And as soon as you're adequate or okay, do not invest another second, do not invest another penny, go back to focusing on developing your strengths. And I love that mindset because it's completely congruent in alignment with Strategic Coach's value system, which is focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses. If you focus on your weaknesses, all you'll have after a long period of time is really strong weaknesses. Mm, What's the value of that? It makes way more sense to help each person really grow and develop their strengths and then partner it up with people who are complementary. I could list for days the number of teams... (laughs) (laughs) that I'm on or team members that support me or I support them. You know, it's just this awesome collaboration of talent that happens and we're all freed up to do what we're best at. One example of this is I'm part of the team that creates our quarterly books with Dan Sullivan. So we do a new book every 90 days, no small task. And there are no less than 10 different team members, including Dan, involved in that project. Now you'd think that a 10 person team might be a little clunky, a little awkward, It's not. It is seamless. Each of us does our part. We actually even make improvements every quarter, which is fun. And it's easy. And it feels so effortless because each of us is doing our unique ability, what we love to do, what we're best at, what gives us energy. We can always see room to get better. So that's kind of my proof in the pudding every 90 days that this works, that this makes sense. So the whole point of this conversation is Again, it can be tough to figure out how to grow in an entrepreneurial company, but if you get really, really clear on your unique ability, or if you're in the position of supporting other people in terms of being their leader, helping other people tap into this. And by the way, a word to the wise, you want team members who actually want to know this information. And this is actually going to speak to my next podcast that I'm recording because it's really important that people actually see themselves as valuable. They don't just see themselves as someone who wants to climb the ladder. They want to invest in themselves. I mean, I have to wonder who wouldn't want to do that, (laughs) who wouldn't be curious, but I have met some individuals, not very many, that actually don't really care about that. What they want to do is they want to be successful by external standards in the hierarchy. Thank you very much. More power to them, but they do not tend to be at all successful in entrepreneurial companies. So if you have someone who doesn't want to have these conversations, that's a bit of a red flag, probably a deeper conversation. 
multiplication by subtraction comes to mind. And there's an analysis process to figure out whether or not someone is in fact the right fit for your company. So this has to be a conversation that they're interested in having. If they're not, hmm, that's a bit of a clue. So again, that's just part of being growth oriented is that they actually want to grow themselves. I think personal and professional growth go you know, hand in glove. I don't think you can really separate those things. So how can you take action on this? I always like to leave you with practical things to think about. So, you know, you've heard me say before, if you follow this podcast, is to know yourself. So you have to know you, first of all, then help your team make the investment or you make the investment for them on how they can get to know themselves better. And I just find this fun. It was really fun. I was coaching a friend's team the other day as a bit of a favor. I was coaching Colby and this gentleman happens to have a fair amount of mental energy and fact finder. He's like, oh my gosh, now I need to know the Colby team synergy on every team that I'm on. I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> so I love that intense curiosity when people apply their knowledge and deepen their experience of working with other people and how they could make it better. That was just a great result as far as I was concerned. And then find out what people are interested in. You know, where do they see an opportunity? Now, one thing that's, again, super important if you want to help people make a bigger contribution is recognize that they need to be exposed to the different parts of your organization. They need to be exposed to different teams and they certainly need to be exposed to what we call your front stage. They have to know what you do and why you do it. So if you're, you know, practice that has patience, make sure that they get to actually be a patient for once or be involved in that process. If you're someone who's got, you know, clientele, covers a wide range, then we need to make sure that our team participates in workshops and gets to know our clients and connect with them in the way that's most relevant for them. So it's just vital that they actually experience your bigger company because then they're in a position of spotting things that you won't see. So someone who's brilliant at organizing information can notice when information isn't organized. This is what happened with my sister, Julia. She's like, how do the coaches know what to coach? And Dan said, oh, they just watched me. It's like, well, has anyone written it down? The answer was no. So she wrote it down. That became our very first, you know, coaching curriculum. I mean, pretty basic, but seriously, we didn't have that. But that's how she thinks. That's not how short follow-throughs think. It's just been so enlightening to see how each person can contribute to our company. Now, Julia is our unique ability queen or coach. <laughs> you know, she's amazing at it with our 10X clients. So that's how she's elevated herself. Many, many roles over 20 plus years, but that's how that evolved. But she was very aware of what our front stage is, what our clients need. And in fact, her whole unique ability discovery process was prompted by her organizing all of our concepts and tools related to unique ability into a process and then being asked by our clients if she would help him figure it out. And she did it a smidge reluctantly, which is kind of fun. Now it's what she does for a living, but really fun to see that evolution. So when you expose people to the different aspects of your business, it's where they lean in. It's where they just go, oh, I have an idea about this. So a couple of other aspects are, number one, you need to have an environment and it has to be safe enough in terms of your culture to make people feel really comfortable when they say, hey, I have an idea about this. And they put their hand up. You can't smack it down. Like, that's not going to work. And you really don't want to say, well, that's not your responsibility. That's not your job. Why are you thinking about that? Mm, they're not going to propose another new idea for you for a very long time if that's the attitude. So you have to make sure this openness to innovation, growth, new perspectives is 
very congruent, consistent throughout your leadership team. People can't go, oh, why are you telling me about this? They need to be, oh, tell me more. I'm curious. So that attitude of curiosity, so, so important. And then the other aspect of this that's really important to support is really validating and giving opportunities for every different type of talent and strengths to be acknowledged and rewarded. So one of the examples I remember early on from my coaching after I was certified in Colby is Kathy Colby talking about law firms. In law firms, the people who get the status and the big bucks are the partners. And the partners are the people who can bring in new business. Now, the interesting thing is they can bring in new business, but they don't usually do the work. (laughs) That is done by very talented attorneys who are often more backstage. You know, once you're bringing the business, traditionally quick start, once you do the work, initiating fact finder follow through, strategic plan or capabilities, but they're not rewarded as highly. So, I mean, her point even back then, this was a while ago, was to make sure that you have separate tracks and you can reward people who are specialists. You can reward people who bring in new business and that you actually can support all the talents. And I think that's key. If you think about Clifton Strengths, you have to really acknowledge and reward and support people who are fabulous at executing, you know, getting stuff done. You want to support the people who are really relationship oriented because that's key to the well, first of all, your clients wanting to stay with you and your team feeling like they're part of a whole. (laughs) That's what relationship strengths do. You want to reward the people who are great at influencing, which is often looks like selling or promoting. And then you also want to make sure there's a track for your strategic thinkers and your planners so that you're innovating into the future, not just doing what's right in front of you. So that's important. And with Colby, you need to make sure that you reward all 12 different ways that people strive, including when people prevent problems. Like I simplify and I adapt with my fact finder follow through. I don't fact find, I simplify. (laughs) So you want to make sure that you are aware of the massive diversity of talent and of strengths and support all of those and have reward systems. You know, we have what we call monkey awards, which are named after sock monkeys because they're kind of a mascot for coach. Long story about how that came about. But anyway, your company probably has its own. So when you celebrate all of those different aspects, that's part of how you create that environment for people to put up their hand and go, oh, I have an idea how I can make things better. And then you're like, cool, awesome, I want to hear it. You know, sometimes you can do them, sometimes you don't, but you always want to acknowledge and receive the idea with grace so that even if it doesn't happen or maybe they don't have all the answers, I don't really have enough of a perspective, they're at least feel heard and listened to and appreciated so that they're going to do it again. Because one of those ideas could transform your business. And maybe that's their thing. Like often the people who see the holes are the best ones to patch them. <laughs> this is how Julia ended up doing head of coach resource team for a while. You know, she was the one who saw the need for the system. So that's what she created. So that's just to give you some examples of what happens when people are validated and rewarded for their unique ability. Now, for this to land, it really does have to be, you know, in conjunction with what your goals are. With whatever your value creation is, people have to know how to apply their talents to serve that bigger future that you're creating. So the more you communicate that, the better. And then people will self-select out those less practical ideas. Now, when people are confused about what you're up to in the world or where you're going, any idea looks possible. So if you don't want to have to do all the sorting, get very, very clear about your future and communicate that to your team and your vision. Really be super clear on your value creation. Make sure your team has access to and actually experiences your front stage, as we'd like to call it. 
And make sure, again, that you're investing in them and that they're investing in themselves and looking to actively grow their capabilities. That's how they're going to expand their unique ability impact. The more they're able to do that, the more that you are, which is obviously a benefit. And the more that you're going to have an organization that can keep and retain talent, since that's a key issue right now, because they'll know that they have a path that is customized to them. There's pretty much nothing better, just saying. So when they have the freedom to be themselves and to make an impact, that's the recipe for retention, for keeping really good people and keeping people who are engaged, energetic, happy, and contributing. You know, that's certainly the team that I want to be a part of, as do you. So just want to give you those ideas today because, again, hierarchy in an entrepreneurial organization is a fluid beast. It changes often. But if people can really focus on expanding their unique ability impact, I think that gives them a very powerful, motivating and exciting, you know, direction to go in. I hope you found this interesting, useful. Again, appreciate all the positive feedback that we've been getting. So thank you very much for that. If you have any questions or comments, please let me know at questions at strategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Mm -hmm.